first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Ethan Person from the Sunshine State of Florida, and today... We'll be talking about, oh, you're in trouble, LA, American Ninja Warrior, and the Genus Generation. But first, we'll be listening to Sammy's interview with David Nellenberg and Mark Nunian from, oh, you're in trouble. I'm Samantha Belford, and today I have the honor to speak with David Nadelberg and Mark Nguyen about their podcast, Ooh, You're in Trouble, from Tracks, which just premiered its second season. David... David Nadelberg is the co-creator and writer of the podcast, best known for being the creator of Mortified, a grassroots storytelling project where adults share their embarrassing childhood diaries, letters, and art. Merck Nguyen narrates the series, The Little Voice in Your Head, or LV. She is also the co-host of the podcast, Adult-ish. Okay, so, David, how do you work with the subjects of each episode to help tear tell their stories in a way that's compelling. Well, we, we spend a lot lot of times talking, a lot of time talking to the kids on the show. um, And we wind up doing a pre-interview with them. They send us, they send us a, they go to listen to trouble.com and they say, Ooh, I want to be on the show. Here's my story. And then when we contact uh, many of those people, we have a phone call with them. And then from there, we, we have a, a, a third interaction with them when we actually interview them. And the interviews are actually like two hours. So we talk to them forever about everything. And then we shorten it to like 22 minutes um, and write copy for Merck to say. Wow, it's, it's really cool that your stories are user submitted. Merck, what do you like most about doing Ooh, You're in Trouble? I love how I get to just play up the awesome and really uh, sitting on the edge of your seat stories that the people on the show are, are telling the stories. Um, it's really awesome to be able to just kind of walk the listeners as to what this person done and what it is they learned from it, because this whole show is really just a big guide on how to teach kids what to do when, you know, your, your grownups aren't around. It's so cool that you try to educate kids on making right, the right decisions from learning from people not making the right decisions. Totally. Um, David, what were some differences on creating Get Mortified or Ooh, You're in Trouble? Well, um, so Mortified is a show about childhood experiences, but for adults. Um, So it's about looking back. And with this show, we wanted to do something similar where it was like taking the idea of telling true life stories, um, but where where we would getting mostly kids to talk about it and definitely the audience for the show is kids. And that has been um, really exciting because in this show, it's a very high energy show. It's mostly funny, but it's a lot of high energy and a lot of suspense. And, but we get to add in sort of lessons, life lessons into it. And that to me is really fun because I think I watched and listened to a lot of garbage when I was growing up. And I like to give people like, it's like, bro- it's like in the casing of a Snickers bar, but really secretly there's broccoli inside. That's my goal. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you like broccoli. 
that's cool how you try to, you know, kind of get in a hidden message that will really help kids take away from your show. Yeah. Um, Merck, how did you create LB's voice and characteristics for the podcast? I, I kind of model her off of my, my own voice because, you know, I'm, I'm 24, so I'm not too far off from teenage, but kind of. Um, I kind of like to think of myself as, like, a big sibling kind of character of, hmm, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you're not going to get in trouble for that? Um, but also because I'm not too far from being a kid myself, I'm like, yeah, I think I kind of would have done that. So... The, the approach is that LB is your friend. She knows what you're thinking. She's not going to judge you, though, at all whatsoever. But she's kind of there to be like, yes, no. Should you eat the broccoli? Maybe you should, but it's ultimately your choice. That's cool. I always thought her voice was just so cool. Um, you want to make her say something? Yeah. <laughs> you can write your own lines. She could say it. Um, she's here. Okay. Can you say, ooh, you're in trouble? Ooh, you're in trouble? <laughs> okay, I always wanted to do that. Um, okay, David, do you have a personal story you would like to put on, ooh, you're in trouble? Um, I, I do, but my favorite one is actually my brother's uh, story growing up. Because when my brother, um, my dad had a dream um, that... Um, he got, he, he had just bought a brand new, very expensive, I don't know why, but very expensive toilet seat. And he was like worried about it getting, I don't, he had a dream that somebody cemented peanuts all over the toilet seat. And so my brother being like 12 or 11 thought it would be hilarious to make the dream come true, not realizing that that's insanely expensive uh, and it basically destroyed the, the seat. So um, like, I think that's a great story, and I should bring my brother onto the show. <laughs> that's really funny. I'd love to voice that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about, oh, you're in trouble, LA, American Ninja Warrior, and the Genius Generation. And right now, we're continuing Sammy's interview with guests from the, oh, you're in trouble. Okay, Merck. Um... How does your team choose the sound effects? They really bring the story to life. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole idea of the show is that, you know, we really want to make sure the listeners are there in that moment. So in things like um, hearing uh, somebody opening a door and stuff like that, we really want to make sure that because it's audio and people aren't seeing anything, that you can see it with your ears, if that makes sense. Um, for in terms of the music and in terms of like sometimes you'll hear um, weird voices on the show, they will bring on other actors to highlight that. Um, and when it comes to music, it's kind of inspired by moments that Dave or even Neil, um, the, uh, the other co-creator of the show, will have to infuse it. I think Dave could probably say a little bit more on that. There's a woman named Hadley Dion who puts in all the sound effects and all the music um, and everything else is Merck making weird noises with her mouth. <laughs> make, make a door, make a door opening noise. Perfect. Yeah, those noises just really bring the story together. I feel like I'm there. Um, okay, yeah, David, you. what's your all-time favorite "Ooh, You're in Trouble" episode? 
Um, I've been really enjoying the, the, the episodes we've been making uh, for season two. I had a lot of fun making an episode uh, with a little girl named Yui uh, who grew up in uh, Tokyo. I just found her personality to be so infectiously fun. And she's so sweet, but her story is about stealing money from herself, which is so bizarre. Um, she took she took money that was supposed to be for her college fund, essentially, um, and, uh, and used it to buy a, a, a sparkly keychain, which is a very important purchase, um, but goes to great lengths to do it. And so that was very fun. And we also got to do a historical episode last year, which was one of our only episodes with somebody well into their years, um, a woman named Carlotta Walls, who was a member of the Little Rock Nine, which was a... a um, a group that made a, a huge uh, difference in the civil rights era in the 1950s. And we got to hear her incredible story of, of, of fighting racial segregation in the 1950s. That's so cool how your episodes are so different from like stealing money from your college fund, which is hard to writing. Um, I mean, to, to competing against racial segregation and fighting it. Yeah. Um, like we just did, we just did an episode that's coming up is about um, a kid who, does a protest about like wearing masks that was literally from, you know, 20, the year 2020. And so like the idea of fighting your school system in the name of justice is still happening. Mark, what's your favorite episode of the new season? Ooh, of the new season. Oh man. Can I give any spoilers? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I think it would probably be the mask episode because it highlights a really important point in our current history and current conversations that people are having. And it really highlights these tense situations that you might not want to get into, but to know that the characters in the story and the storytellers were able to really stand up for themselves. um, It, it made me pretty emotional when I was voicing the, the lines because, you know, sometimes I have to remember, I am LB, but behind LB is Merck, the actual person. And I just love how I can be inspired by the people who tell their stories. Yeah, the stories are really inspiring. Um, David, what kind of response have you gotten from kid listeners? Uh, we, get, we get responses uh, mostly from parents who are telling us that their kids want them to stay in the car like for the like 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 don't can we not get out and go to the store we want to stay in the car and keep listening to the show and what's really fun is we're hearing that from people in countries all over the world that's cool i mean like i would want to stay in the car and listen to it it's a really good show okay and um finally merc what are you hoping listeners will take away from the show from hearing all people talk about their lives um, and consequence and mistakes they made and consequences that resulted in those. I think the biggest takeaway is for them to not feel ashamed or to not feel shame for any of their actions. I think that taking accountability of your actions is an important thing to do and to know what it is you did, why it is you did it, but to not beat yourself up over it, you know, because every single day we're growing and we're learning and this show is is a safe space for people to do that. Thank you so much, Dave Nadelberg and Mark Nguyen for talking with me today. The second season of Ooh, You're in Trouble is now available on tracks.fm. I'm Samantha Belford, 
um, reporting for Kids First. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss another interview or review from us. Thank you. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Person from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about, oh, you're in trouble. And next up, we'll be listening to Ashley's interview with Jamila Wignot on the documentary L.A., Hi, I'm Ashley Clyde reporting for Kids First, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with director Jamila Wignot. Ms. Wignot is known for films that tell stories about riveting lives such as Women, uh, Makers of America, um, Town Hall, and recently the documentary, documentary Ailey, which we are discussing today. I'm so excited to talk about it. How are you today? Oh my gosh, I'm great. I'm so glad to be here. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So when was the first time that you got acquainted with Alvin Ailey through his work and his legacy? Uh, I had the chance to see the Ailey company for the first time when I was in college. Uh, The Black Student Union on campus got some group tickets and I didn't know about the Ailey company or modern dance. I just kind of went out on the town in Boston and, uh, you know, just had this real kind of eye-opening awakening experience of seeing the company perform and it, it stayed with me forever. And I, I, you know, remained a fan of the company ever since. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so creating a story uh, or a film about someone's life, I imagine is quite difficult in some aspects. And I'm really interested in knowing what your thought process and research process was like um, when creating this film. 
That's a great question. So yes, in creating films about um, subjects, you know, for me, it's uh, the difficulty is I want to have a sense of kind of um, a kind of experiential journey with the subject of the film. I want to feel like you are traveling through the world and through their times, you know, as closely as you can to kind of understand what they are receiving, um, experiencing. Um, and with artists in particular, especially, you know, Mr. Ailey, it's trying to build the world that he absorbed and pulled in because so much of his experiences are what inform his, his dance works, particularly in that kind of critical period from 10 to 12 years old when he was in Texas. So some way of creating an immersive film uh, that's visually told as much as possible um, is important to me. Oh, wow, that's really interesting because personally, I have to say you did a phenomenal job because I literally, contemporary dance, modern dance, interpretive dance is my least favorite form of dance. Uh-huh. And then I watched Ailey and now it from his perspective and the way he directed it, I, I can't. I can't say it's my least favorite anymore. So uh, that was really well done. Oh, I'm so glad a convert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you know, since you said, you know, you did a lot of, you know, extensive research, would you say now that you are like, I would say like an expert in contemporary dance and Mr. Ailey's life? No, (laughs) (laughs) I am not an expert in contemporary dance. I mean, I feel very fortunate to have spent time with Mr. Ailey and to have worked with, Um, you know, the dance works that we showcased and then considered, put a lot of sort of thought and consideration into Rennie Harris's own um, dance. But the world of dance is so broad, it's so eclectic. Um, You know, the idea that one film would allow me to master it, um, you know, that's just not possible. But um, what's always beautiful about working in documentary films is the ability to kind of to take a master class you know, in whatever given subject I'm working on. So I certainly feel, you know, um, you know, able to speak articulately about um, Mr. Ailey and some of his work, but there's always so much more to learn. Um, and I'm excited to keep, you know, c- continuing to know more about him. Oh, wow. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about, oh, you're in trouble, LA, American Ninja Warrior, and the Genius Generation. And right now, we're continuing Ashley's interview with Jamila Wignot on the documentary LA. Um, so you said that you learned a lot. And I was just uh, wondering, was there anything um, during, before, or after the film that you've personally applied anything, um, you know, when directing it? Was there anything that you learned that you really value now? Yeah, I think there is, in Mr. Ailey's journey, a real kind of, you know, sort of leap of faith, one, you know, for himself to kind of follow the thing that is calling to him. It's clear that, you know, he was somebody who was always aware of like music and and movement. And he was sort of drawn towards this world. And he accepted that and then kind of gave himself to it um, wholeheartedly. That That is something that sticks with me. The other thing is just the ability to experiment and fail you know, try things. It's not always going to be a success. And I think that's something he was aware of. And then lastly, you know, I think a a sort of um, tragic lesson that we can learn from his life is, you know, really the importance of trying to build community that, that he was so 
giving. And he, as he said, sacrificed everything um, for dance. And I think it's something to think about, about, you know, is there a way that we can find ways to have sort of more of a sense of sort of self-care? You know, that moment where Chaya speaks at the end of the film about Mr. Ailey coming back after his mental health um, struggles and being not a new person, but a kind of lighter person. Um, and I think trying to find ways um, of, of managing that um, is, is something that I do think about a lot. Okay, that's amazing. So would you say that, you know, what you just described would be a message for this film? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's a beautiful message in Mr. Ailey's work and in the film about trying to um, figure out, you know, that it's that moment where um, Miss Barnett talks about, you know, standing in your own being and, you know, through your movement and, 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 you know, through your body saying, being able to say, I am, I think that's a message that Mr. Ailey needed to receive as well. I think that's why it's so present in his work. And so I think we received that, but I think a part of that is being able to be open to your, you know, opening yourself up to the world as well as, as kind of giving yourself so much to it. Um, I think that's definitely a lesson. There is a price to be paid for the kind of exceptionalism that he showed. And I think we should think about that a lot. Yeah, that's interesting. So I wanted to know if you have a favorite arrangement. It doesn't necessarily have to be from Ailey, but is there a dance arrangement that you are so obsessed with? Since Revelations was in the film, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I cry and I'm biased in it. Cry is really my, my all-time favorite um, mm -hmm. dance work. And then there's a couple other dances that we didn't show um, in the film um, in, in their sort of fullest. So Night Creatures is one that's just like super fun and sexy and, and a like good time out. Um, and then he has, you know, a couple more experimental dance work streams is one of them. I'm just name checking things that people should look for on, on a dance program if they go see an evening of Ailey. Um, but certainly Cry is my, is my standout. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and just my last question for you is when you were directing the film, um, was there a point in time where you had so much fun on set or when you were meeting people or just just sitting down researching was there a favorite uh you know part about directing this film yeah i mean i love the edit that's kind of where the rest of it feels um it's wonderful and fun but it's you know you're sort of gathering the bits and it's it can be a little stressful the edit is really um like where i think you know all films get made and that process of of starting to construct something and then working to make it better and working to make it better. And maybe you make it worse and then you pull it back and make it better. There's just this experimentation that happens in the edit room and a sense of play that's there. And um, that's kind of the, the joy for me. Well, that's really interesting. Thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you, Ashley. This is amazing. <laughs> well, you guys can go ahead and watch Ailey in theaters, July 23rd. Please don't miss it. It's amazing. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with interviews just like this amazing one, as well as reviews from me and my awesome teammates. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Preston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Preston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about, oh, you're in trouble in the documentary, LA. And next up, we'll be listening to Ishan's interview with Lindsay Aleskin, a.k.a. Mama Strong, on American Ninja Warrior. Hi there, I'm Ishan Mani, reporting for Kids First. Today, I am super excited to speak with Lindsay Eskelson, who's coming back to American Ninja Warrior as a mother of two and wants to be known as the Mama Strong Ninja this season. Lindsay currently lives in Huntsville, Alabama, and is a graphic designer. Since the last time she competed in season 10, Lindsay has had children in back-to-back years. Her first child, Ava, was born in 2019, and her second child, Houston, where I'm calling from, was just born in December of 2020. And now she's back, competing on season 13. Thank you, Lindsay, for speaking with me today. Thanks for having me. So let's get started with some metrics. So how many hours weekly and in what ways have you trained for the season of American Ninja Warrior? You know, this year has been completely different than every, any other year I've competed. Typically, I train kind of year-round to get ready for this, but this year, I had two babies on my hands, so <laughs> things looked much different this year. Um, I probably trained for a total of six weeks, and a lot of times, kind of had to get my babies involved because I, you know, had two babies, so I would, like, you know, strap on a baby and use them as, like, a little baby weight vest and kind of... <laughs> do different exercises holding the babies or sometimes I have to wait till I put them down at night um, and train in the evenings. But I was able to kind of sneak away to the ninja gym maybe once or twice a week. So that definitely helped getting on some actual obstacles. But training this year was very different than what I'm used to. (laughs) I guess you had an extra obstacle uh, or like an extra thing to balance, right? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as that goes, how did you balance your responsibilities with family and being a graphic designer and also make time to train for American Ninja Warrior? You know, it was tough. Um, definitely, obviously, my, my babies were my first priority. So I always made sure the babies were taken care of. Um, and then after that, I w- was actually lucky. I was still on maternity leave because I literally had just had my baby when I started training. You know, it had only been 
you know, two and a half months maybe. So I was still on maternity leave. So I did have a little extra time um, as far as not having to work. But um, I luck- luckily I had a very hu- uh, supportive husband who would kind of watch the babies in the evening and allow me to go out to the ninja gym, you know, here and there. But just kind of had to shift my priorities a little bit and uh, take care of the babies first. And you made it work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You had stellar performances throughout both seasons nine and 10. You did really in, you did incredibly. Uh, and for me, as an avid watcher of um, American Ninja Warrior, I, I loved those seasons especially. And uh, there, But there were some times like, you know, Domino Effect and On Rolling Thunder where you struggled a little bit. Uh, so how did you prepare for those obstacles and uh, any new things that might come in your way? It's tough to prepare because you don't know what obstacles you're going to get. You kind of have to be prepared for everything. So with the limited time I had to train, I knew I wasn't going to be able to train for everything. So me, it was kind of more so just kind of getting back to the basics and working that muscle memory. Um, I've been an athlete all my, my whole life. So my body, I have a lot of body awareness. So I really used my body awareness and technique. I knew my strength wasn't quite going to be there yet. Um, but I did do like practice full course runs with like um, balance obstacles, kind of just like quick momentum, quick feet. Um, and then I tried to work on my upper body strength as much as I could, although I know it was a little lacking this year. So, <laughs> Well, that's good for sure. And um, has competing in seasons nine and 10 of American Ninja Warrior changed your life? Besides, of course, meeting your husband, who was a you know, season eight competitor. Have there been any other major changes uh, due to the show? Um, you know, it's just been um, Ninja Warrior has been amazing. It's just the community, you know, obviously meeting my husband it's brought so much positivity in my life and it's been an incredible platform to kind of spread whatever message you're trying to spread. But, um, it's been a really positive thing. And so, um, yeah, I'm very thankful for it. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to kids first coming attractions today. We're talking about, Oh, you're in trouble. LA American Ninja warrior and the genius generation. And let's get back to Ishan's interview with mama strong from American Ninja warrior. And so what do you learn from each season of competing on Ninja Warrior? Each season gets a little easier. Uh, your first season, you're just terrified. You know, you go out there, the obstacles are big, you're nervous. Um, you, you know, you have the, all the lights and the cameras and stuff. So the first year was, was, was you know, it's intimidating. Uh, the second year, you kind of like, okay, I know what to expect. And so you go in there and you kind of know what to expect. You still have the nerves, but you know how to like control it a little more. Um, this third year, it was a little different coming back because I had taken, you know, a couple of years off. So I was nervous. And the thing is, the obstacles get harder every year. Mm-hmm. So if you're not up in, up in your game, you're a little bit behind. Um, so I was a little worried to see what new obstacles I was going to get. But it was also different this year because we didn't have an audience. Okay. Um, so this year was very different than the previous years, which kind of took off a little bit of stress. So I kind of I liked that. And I mean, I mean, even without an audience, I'm sure just looking at it on TV, uh, you know, Ninja Warrior is a pretty intense show. Uh, so how do you get into the mental space uh, to, to compete? You know, people don't realize what a mental thing uh, Ninja Warrior is. You know, obviously it's physical, the physical strength, but it's a huge mental game. So I actually do a lot of preparation for that. And especially because I knew I didn't have as much time to train. Um, so I would do a lot of mental pre- preparation. I would kind of put together a course in my head and then I close my eyes and kind of figure out my plan of attack. Um, so sometimes you just kind of run through the course like, okay, I'm going to start on my right foot or I'm going to focus on this when I do this swing or this transfer. 
So you really just kind of plan things out and run it through over and over in your head. So when you get out there, it kind of just flows naturally. That's a, I'm sure that's a tried and tested technique and I'm sure it worked out very well for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so as a competitor this season, what, what are you looking forward to the most? For me, it's, it's such an amazing community. I, I was excited to get back out in the community and, you know, see all my ninja friends and, um, you know, it, it's people think that, oh, you guys are up against each other and that's not the case at all. It's kind of like you against the corpse. So it was nice to kind of get back out there on the course and see all my ninja friends and just be part of the community again. That's amazing. And so the age limit for the first time in Ninja Warrior history is being lowered to 15 years old. Yes. And yeah, so given this, are you looking to train your children as future warriors when they get older? Absolutely. I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> I mean, my little two-year-old, she just turned two last week. Um, she is climbing on everything. So I think she's well on her way to becoming a little Ninja Warrior. So we'll see. And for you uh, as a competitor, what are you maybe looking, looking at or uh, what do you think is going to be different about the show now that the age limit has been lowered? It's, it's a whole other ball game. I think it really uh, – see, here's the thing. These, these young kids, they are amazing. This is all they do. They train 24-7 for this, you know. Um, so I was really excited for them to kind of get their chance on the course. But the thing is, it really, really pushes all the veterans to really like, up their game because <laughs> it opens a whole new ball game, you know. So it'll be exciting. I'm sure. And so if you win the $1 million prize, what would you use it for? I'm really big into like investing into the future. So obviously it's going to, you know, college for, for the kids, you know, maybe go on a little vacation, but basically investing, you know, investing into the future. That's amazing. And uh, for you personally, what is your uh, message to younger athletes looking to compete in American Ninja Warrior? The message I would say is to really just dream big because I know a lot of times people might be intimidated to, you know, go after something that they're not comfortable with, but that, that's how I was when I went into Ninja Warrior. But it was something that I threw myself into and I really just went for it and it was, it was a dream come true. So just always dream big and just work hard towards your dreams because anything's possible. I love that message. Dream big is something that I, I, I like to say I live by. Um, and so for you as, as a competitor, who have been your sources of support throughout this entire process? Because I'm sure it was a pretty tough road. You know, this year especially, I had to rely on, you know, my husband. He has been amazing. Like, if it weren't for him, there's no way I would have made it out there to compete because, you know, he was on daddy duty a lot, just helping with the kids. And then also my parents that, you know, my family, they've been a huge support system for me. They actually watched my babies while I went to go compete. So I knew they were safe at, you know, at grandma and grandpa's house. So um, just my, my family's been amazing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me, Lindsay. It's been a pleasure. American Ninja Warrior Season 13 can be watched on Monday nights on NBC, Peacock, and Rubo TV. I'm Ishan Mani reporting for Kids First. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel and turn on notifications by hitting the bell so you don't miss my next interview or those of my amazing Kids First teammates. Also, follow Kids First on social media. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Preston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Preston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about, oh, you're in trouble, LA, and American Ninja Warrior. And next up, we'll be listening to Ashley and Approva's interview with Danny Washington from the Genius Generation. I'm Apoorva, reporting for Kids First. And I'm Ashley. Today, we are interviewing the host of the Tracks podcast, The Genius Generation, Danny Washington. She is an internet personality and activist. She started the organization, Big Blue and You, dedicated to inspiring and educating youth about marine conservation through the arts and the media. With many years of experience educating kids about the world around them, she now hosts the podcast, The Genius Generation, where kids tell her about their innovations and how they make the world a better place to live. Welcome to the show, Ms. Washington. Great to be here, ladies. Thank you for having me. It's great to meet you. <laughs> so you have been involved in STEM-based shows for some time now. What motivated you to get involved in the Genius Generation? Well, I was really motivated to get involved with the Genius Generation because it aligned with all of my values and all of the things that I've really worked on for most of my career. I've always had a, a deep affinity for working with young people. You know, even started in high school, I was beginning to uh, go through peer mentorship programs and I would work with elementary students. And so this idea of passing knowledge and wisdom down to those who are younger than me has always been a part of my life. And so getting the opportunity to be the host of the Genius Generation brought to audiences by Seeker and Tracks, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't say no. It was a perfect fit, especially because we were highlighting different individual young people from around the world who have created something innovative and really intelligent, um, solving some major problems that we, we face as a human race. So it was, it was super exciting. And we recorded a lot of it through COVID-19. And so hearing their stories really kept me motivated and inspired. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's really interesting how you like told us your story about being younger and like always, you know, having 
this inspiration. So how easy was it to relate to the guests that you interviewed on the podcast? It was really fun to relate to the guests. I mean, all of them were mainly under the age of 18, with the exception of a couple who created something when they were under 18, but now they were over 18. Um, but it was it was so much fun. It was just about having a conversation, hearing their story, and figuring out why they were motivated to do what they did. Um, everything from, you know, uh, let's see, an example would be Avi Schiffman, who created the first COVID-19 tracking website, or Ananya Sridhar, who was tackling contaminated water in Flint, Michigan from like 3,000 miles away. It's, it's incredible, the stories that came out of this podcast. Yeah, and Avi Schiffman was my favorite episode. It was? Oh, yeah, it was a really good one. He was so much fun to talk to. <laughs> yeah, um, that actually sounds amazing. I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool how she would be able to do that and definitely super inspiring. Um, what is your favorite part about being the host on this show? My favorite part about being the host of the Genius Generation was, again, being inspired personally by the stories that I heard from our guests and just being kind of like a catalyst, someone who could pull those those answers out of the guests and make sure that they felt comfortable and that we had a good time while we were recording was really important to me. But more than that, it's about amplifying these ideas, these ideas that your generation are coming up with right now um, when us adults are out here trying to, you know, scramble and figure things out as our world quickly changes, young people are, are taking the lead and really taking the initiative to get started on things that seem so daunting. I mean, when we talk about wildfires or we talk about climate change or we talk about food scarcity, these are all massive things that have not been solved yet. But the, the leaders that we interviewed on the Genius Generation are taking their first try at it and they're not afraid. They're, they're not hesitating. They're, they're going for it. And that's what I love most. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty great to hear. I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're right. I completely agree with you and yeah, I love it so much. Um, you actually have longtime interest in oceans, science and activism. What has your past work in these areas brought you to hosting the show? Well, my passion for the ocean is everlasting. It began when I was really little growing up in Miami and having access to beautiful beaches. It was pretty easy to fall in love with the place that was in basically my blue backyard. But as I grew older, I understood all the challenges that the ocean was facing because of humans, whether it's plastic pollution to uh, ocean acidification and you know, loss of marine biodiversity. And so my goal in life is always to be a voice for the ocean because a lot of times nature is unseen or unrecognized by folks because they don't believe that it has a voice. So it's up to us, those who care about it a lot, to speak up for nature and to make sure that the world knows that we're interconnected. Everything that's happening in nature impacts us and vice versa. And so we have to make better choices every single day as individuals and as a collective um, to create a, a stronger, more healthy world to live in. That's awesome. And it's interesting because, you know, growing up in Miami as well, I always wanted to be a marine biologist, but, you know, <laughs> I settled for journalism. So you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we've been talking about, oh, you're in trouble, LA, an American Ninja Warrior. And let's get back to Ashley Napriva's interview with Danny Washington from the Genius Generation. Um, my next question for you is, uh, do these kids that you interview remind you of yourself and your own work as an activist? Well, Ashley, to, to answer to your first point, yes, definitely. I hear a lot of people talking about the fact that they wanted to be 
a marine biologist when they were younger. And that totally makes sense because I think as kids, we're all really intrigued by the ocean because it's so big, it's vast, it's, there's a lot mm-hmm. of unknowns out there and lots of really cool animals. Um, but I'm always happy to know when people who had that interest still keep that love for the ocean and do whatever they can to be an advocate for the ocean, no matter what type of work they do in the world now. Um, but secondly, you know, I think, yeah, the the way that these young people were um, talking about their projects and the fact that they found support in whatever way they could. They reached out to the adults in their lives, their families, their mentors um, to help support their dream. That to me is is the biggest step that you can ever take as an advocate or as an activist. You have to find community. And most of our guests did that and they've built communities on their own, um, starting with nothing. You don't have to have a million dollars to start an organization. You can get started right now. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes complete sense. You know, you got to start with what you have and then you build from there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's great. I mean, actually, what, what, have you ever used any of the inventions that your guests have created? Is that? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, so I think, uh, Prova, I, I've definitely checked out Avi's website. And that was because I saw like a news report about him earlier last, you know, during 2020. So I went to go check it out. Um, but other than that, after each episode, I and before each episode, I do a little bit of exploration and learn more about each of our guests and their projects. And all I can say is that the resources that they've all created are tremendous. And so I, I really would love to um, ask our producers to put together kind of like a resource page so that we can see everyone's um, projects in one place. And so that's what the next thing that I'm working on. That's really cool. I would actually really enjoy that. I actually did um, search up Avi's um, actual website as well. And I found that super interesting. That's why that's my favorite episode. <laughs> but um, a next question that I have for you is when you were a kid, did you ever dream of like inventing something that would make the world a better place or the ocean as you like this you love? Uh, as a kid, yes, I had lots of ideas about inventions. I think my first actual drawing or rendering of an invention that I wanted to make was kind of like this makeshift go-kart that I could use to start practicing driving. I was obsessed about driving when I was little. I, don't ask me why, I have no idea. But <laughs> ultimately, I ended up you know, driving go-karts myself when I got a little older. And like to this day, I still love driving cars. Like I love, um, I, I would probably try driving a race car if I could. But, um, but yeah, other than that, other inventions regarding the ocean, anything that I could create to help me explore the ocean longer um, was also quite an idea like I drew underwater homes and like um, habitats underwater because I love the idea of being with the fishes and being there longer than just a few minutes but by the time I was 17 I got certified uh, to become a scuba diver so then I was able to spend an extended amount of time underwater which was the best thing ever. That actually I mean that sounds amazing I mean I would love to be able to go scuba diving as well maybe I'll try that someday. Yeah Um, yeah um, well Here's another question. What inspired you the most about hosting this podcast? The thing that inspired me the most about hosting this podcast was the idea that we've created a, a, a series of episodes that will be evergreen. And I hope that every episode will continue to inspire young people like yourselves and adults to make sure that we keep the momentum going. I think 2020 really proved a lot of different things for our society, right? Um, it was a very challenging and difficult time for all of us. But at the same time, it was also a moment of extreme innovation where people reconsidered what they were actually doing with their lives 
business and decided to maybe pivot and do something else or to really follow their passion, what they really love. And to me, that's a beautiful, beautiful um you know, effect of, of having gone through a pandemic. And I think the more people that decide to focus in on their passion and follow it full force, like these teens that we interviewed on the Genius Generation podcast, our world would be like triple times better and we would see every need met. Um, but it's just a matter of taking that first step as a single human to decide, hey, these are my gifts. These are my talents. This is what I have access to. Let me just put all this to work and see what happens. Yeah. And I think that message is something that everyone will take away. I definitely took that away from this podcast specifically. And I think everyone can really just use their inventions and see that they can change the world as well. Well, thank yeah. you for speaking with us, Ms. Washington. Oh my gosh, you're welcome. And you can call me Danny. You don't got to call me Miss Washington. <laughs> <laughs> but thank well, you. I you, appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, you guys can listen to the Genius Generation podcast now on Tracks FM at the link below. I'm Ashley reporting for Kids First. And I'm Purva. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with interviews just like this one, as well as reviews from us and our other amazing film critics. Thanks, Purva. Thanks, Ashley. Great to meet you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews, of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press4Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media, for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Coliform City. I'm your host, Ethan Hurston, from the Sunshine State of Florida, reporting for Kids First, signing off. Goodbye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode and tune in again next week.